Good morning, everybody. Welcome to, to this Thursday morning live broadcast here from Christ Life Ministries. It's good to be with you. It's good to, to have you here with us. I just want to share a word with you. It's, it's, uh, it's something that's, that we know, but it's something that is so important. Um, we really need to pay attention to this. All right, so uh, I'm going to start reading in Romans chapter 8. He says, Therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and death. Okay, so I just want to say this. The greatest hindrance in your life to prayer, the greatest hindrance to get answers to prayer in your life is condemnation, self-accusation. Feeling guilty, that shame and guilt that hangs around your thinking. Okay, uh, I want to just speak into your heart, speak into your mind, into your memories. There is now no condemnation for you. All right, so um, Jesus Christ paid the price for sin for all people, for all generations, once and once for all on the cross of Jesus Christ. All right, so I, I'm sure all of you agree with that. If you don't, you're not a Christian. <laughs> so so this, is, this is fundamental stuff. Your sins are forgiven because of the price that Jesus paid and because of the blood that was flowed. That's the eternal sacrifice that continuously cleanses you from sin in all its forms and manifestations. Now, I quickly want to jump to 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. He says, dwell in the light as he is in the light. If we dwell in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. And then in verse 8 says, if we confess that we have sinned, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you need to get this, that through the blood of Jesus, you are holy before God. And the blood of Jesus is in the realm of light. And you need to dwell in the light. So what is the light? Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. So you are in Christ. So if you are in Christ, you're in the light. And if you're in light, the blood of Jesus continuously cleanses you. So 1 John 1 verse 5 says, uh, God is light. This is the message of promise. God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. So uh, in him is light. So if you are in him, you're in the light. And there's no darkness in him. So if you're in him, there's no darkness. So there's no darkness in you who are in Christ Jesus. Back to Romans 8. Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In the light where the blood continuously cleanses you from sin, from all its forms and manifestations. So you can completely be dependent on the blood of Jesus cleansing you. So just... Dwell in the light. Be engrafted in the vine. Just stay there. Dwell in the light. Blood comes. Cleanses you. Continuously cleans you. Joseph Prince calls it a waterfall of forgiveness. So you're standing under a waterfall of the blood of Jesus. It's just on you. Okay. My friend Victor used to say, in the, he bought himself this big shower head. You know, that falls like rain. 
you know, and he would come and stand under the shower head and say, this is my waterfall of forgiveness, and he would just shower. <laughs> so do whatever you need to do to, to get this picture in your head, but you are continuously cleansed and continuously forgiven because you are continuously in the light and continuously under the blood of Jesus. All right, so now, what does the blood of Jesus actually do? In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 and 14, he says... For if the mere sprinkling of unholy and defiled persons with blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a burnt heifer is sufficient for the purification of the body, that's law stuff, how much more surely shall the blood of Christ, who by the virtue of his eternal spirit, his own pre-existing divine personality, has offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice to God, purify our consciences from dead works and lifeless observances to serve the ever-living God. Okay, so you're cleansed continuously and the blood of Jesus cleanses continuously your conscience. So you consist of three layers, spirit, soul, body. So when you, like an onion, <laughs> so when you, uh, when you get to the blood of Jesus, there's, there's, there's different levels at which it reaches you at, at certain times because um, there's different manifestations of you. You are, you are spirit, but you are also body. And you are also in between, soul. All right, so your, your soul is what you're aware of. Your soul can constantly move up and down to the spirit or to the body, so you can be aware of what's happening in the body or you can be aware of what's happening in the spirit. But what happened in the spirit already on the cross is this is a done deal, it's a sealed, sealed thing, and you are forever completely cleansed and perfected, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. You are washed clean by the blood of Jesus once for all. And that blood says, Hebrews chapter 10, verse around about 12, uh, shall avail for all time. All right, so for all time, you are continuously cleansed, and you are continuously, forever, completely cleansed and perfected. And then verse 14 says, and those who have made holy is forever completely cleansed, perfected. So you're cleansed, perfected, holy by the blood. Now, your spirit is connected to God's spirit. Romans 8 says, our spirit testifies together with God's spirit that we are sons of God. So, you have a spirit, and your spirit's now made one with God's spirit. Your spirit is completely saved because it got infused with God's spirit. So, your spirit is saved. Now, your soul, your mind, your memory, your thinking part, your awareness part needs to be cleansed. Okay, so now the Spirit of God is dwelling inside your spirit part. But the Spirit of God has thoughts. Uh, so if you are aware of what's happening in the Spirit, your soul, your thinking part, will align and sync up with what the Spirit is thinking. And you will be thinking what God is thinking. And if your soul, your awareness, your consciousness is thinking what God is thinking, then your body will start saying what God is saying. What comes out of your mouth first starts in your mind. But your mind needs to be renewed. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be forever. I've got an SMS. But be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind. Another one. Okay.
You need to be transformed by the entire renewal of your mind. So if your mind is renewed, you are renewed. If your mind is renewed, whatever is visible of you is renewed. So whatever goes on in your mind is what people will see when they see you walking around. So your body will reflect what your mind is aware of. Now, if, if your mind is tuned in and conscious of all the stuff in the flesh, it, it can just reflect. You can see someone with natural thinking a mile away. But if you see someone whose, whose heart is synced up with, with the Spirit of God, you can see the Spirit of, of God in him a mile away. You can see it. You can see it. You, you, so someone doesn't have to say anything. You can just see if someone is under the influence of the Spirit or is someone under the, under the influence of carnal thinking. All right? So there's certain fruit that comes out of it. So you are transformed by the thinking. Okay, so and back to uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans says, There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. So Christ does not walk after the dictates of the flesh. So if you're in Christ, no condemnation. The flesh walks after the dictates of the flesh. So if you're in the flesh, so what are you aware of? So forever you are holy, but you need to agree with what, what God says about you forever so that you can manifest it. Then it says in verse 2, for God has done what the law could not do, its power being weakened by the flesh. God condemned sin in the flesh, deprived it of its power over all who accept the sacrifice. Now verse 2 actually says, uh, he has to, um, set me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So that, verse 4, the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Live and move not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the spirit. So we need to get our minds on what God is thinking. All right? It, and what is God thinking? He says you're forgiven. What is God thinking? Oh, his blood cleanses you. From God's side, you're holy, perfect, blameless, forever, completely cleansed. But when will we start to agree with God? When will we start to agree with God? It's not God disqualifying you. It's you disqualifying you by what you think about yourself. So do you want answers to prayer? Then you need to have the opinion about you that God has about you. And God thinks you're a-okay. Number one, coffee meester number one, ter van Zuid-Afrika met a balki. Okay, that's what God thinks of you. He loves you and he thinks you're awesome because he made you holy himself. All right, but now, just to connect with the thinking thing. Romans chapter 8 then continues in verse 5 and 6. He says, those who are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Those who are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. So if you're continuously setting your mind on the stuff of the spirit that's above, then you will start walking there. So Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If you have been risen with Christ, then aim at, seek the rich eternal things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Set your minds and keep it set on the things that are above and not on the things that are on the earth. For as far as this world is concerned, verse, two, uh, verse 3, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in, in God. Verse 4, and when Christ shall appear, you will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So you want, do you want a manifestation of God? Do you want God's revival power? Do you want signs of wonders and miracles in your life? Okay, get into the word. Let the word dictate your thoughts and let the word dictate what you say. If you think what God is thinking, meditate on the word day and night, Joshua, so shall you make your way prosperous. If you think what God is thinking, if you say what God is saying, you will have the results of God. 
All right? Now, uh, if you think on the blood of Jesus, meditate on the blood of Jesus, it cleanses your conscience from dead works and lifeless observance. Now, the other day, I just got this, this revelation on the conscience. Now, there may be people who know much more about conscience than I do, but in my simplicity, this is how I understand it. Okay, he says, the conscience is a collection of all the moments in your life, up until now. Every moment, something happened, and it made you feel a certain way. Every moment in your life, maybe something traumatic happened. It's, it's like, boop, in the conscience, there's, a, there's like a link or a... Or a frame or something connecting to that moment. Emotions, even, you know, there's a lot of things that, that can trigger you and you're back in that moment. Childhood memories, good memories, bad memories, okay? Your upbringing, the way you were taught, what is right, what is wrong, how do you operate, how do you speak to people, how do you operate in society, all those things, all those moments form who you are. And I see that the collection of those moments is your conscience. So now here comes the blood of Jesus. Okay? Everyone wants to call me now. So now here comes the blood of Jesus. What does the blood of Jesus do? The blood of Jesus cleanses your conscience. So it removes from their record all the sin that you've done. So you're not supposed to remember your sin. It says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 17, and the Holy Spirit says, verse 15, the Holy Spirit, as he says to me, saying, this is, I will write my laws in their hearts and their minds. Holy Spirit's laws. And then it says, verse 17, and their sins and iniquities, I will remember no more. So if the Spirit of God is inside you and inactive, and the Spirit of God is going to determine our thinking, and the Spirit of God doesn't really remember our, our, our sins anymore. If the blood of Jesus has cleansed the heavens, and the blood of Jesus has caused the Spirit of God not to remember my sin, then that also means in this temple, which is my body, inside me, in this temple, will not dwell any remembrance of sin. Now we know, Romans chapter 3, round about verse 20, says, by the law is the knowledge of sin. By the law is the knowledge of sin. So the law causes us to record all those things that we've done wrong. The blood of Jesus comes, erases it from the record. Do you remember you did this? No, sorry, I don't. I saw you do that. No, you didn't. That guy died. It's not, it's not him alive now. I've been crucified with Christ, not I that live. Right, so I think it was Charles Spurgeon. I heard this story about him, some anecdote. I, I don't know. I think it's him. But he was walking, and he got saved and everything, you know, and there's someone from his past life walking on the other side of the streets and saying, hey, it's me, hey, it's me. He said, yes, but it's not me. <laughs> that fellowship can't, it's, it's broken, it's dissolved. As far as this world is concerned, we have died and our new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So what I'm trying to say to you is, doesn't matter what people saw you do. Doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter how bad you messed it up. Doesn't matter if it was in secret or if, if it was in public. Doesn't matter if everyone knows or if no one knows. God knows anyway. But now, God chooses to forget. Blood of Jesus removes all awareness of sin, washes it away, 
say any moment in your life that is not the Spirit of God, God comes and He cleanses that moment and He takes the sting of that sin, the sting of that death, He takes it out. Until only life and peace remain in your conscience. So that's what Romans 8 verse 6 is. The mind of the flesh is sense and reason without the Holy Ghost. And it is death. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, both now and forever. So your your mind, your conscience, everything filled with life, filled with peace, as you embrace the blood of Jesus that removes all shame, all sin, all guilt. You are forgiven. You are washed clean. You are holy. You are blameless. There is no condemnation because you are in Christ Jesus and in Christ there's light, and in the light, the blood cleanses you continuously, and there's no record of your sin at all in front of God. God is not going to open this big book. Now there's this big book, and there's all these things you've done, and now you have to explain everything. No, there's just a clean page. And then God rewards you for all the stuff he did through you. Oh, I did this to you. Here's your reward. I did this to you. Here's your reward. I did this to you. And Romans 6 says you have a present reward. You don't even have to wait for it. You have a present reward in holiness. Last, verses, last two verses of Romans chapter 6. All right. So God performs on your behalf, Psalm 57, verse 2 in the Amplified, and he rewards you for it. God has no record of your sin. He performed on your behalf by shedding his own blood, for your remission, for your forgiveness. And now he just rewards you for all the stuff that the Spirit of God is doing in you and through you. All right. So now, just to get back to prayer and condemnation. Condemnation is the biggest hindrance to prayer because it removes your attention away from the Spirit of God and he places that attention on you. Simple as that. All right. So if you're on you, you can't answer your own prayers. So, but if you're yielded to Christ, whatever you say happens. That's a nice thing. Okay, so 1 John chapter 3. We have now touched on 1 John chapter 4. No, 1 John chapter 1, sorry. Um, now, 1 John chapter 3 says, I'm going to start reading in... As I usually do in verse 18, he says, Little children, let us not love merely in theory or in speech, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall come to know and perceive and recognize and understand that we are of the truth and can reassure our hearts in his presence whenever our hearts in tormenting self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us. For we are in God's hands, for he is above and greater than our consciences, our hearts. And he knows everything. Nothing is hidden from him. And we love it. If our conscience, so listen, you're not hiding anything from God. He knows. But if you bring it to him into the light, the blood washes it away. It's for your sake. It's to help you receive it. Okay. So whenever our hearts in tormenting self-accusation make us feel guilty and condemn us. Okay. So the love assures you when your heart condemns you. Now he says, and beloved, if our consciences, our hearts do not accuse us. If they do not make us feel guilty and condemn us, we are confident and have complete assurance and boldness before God. And we receive from him whatever 
that's a blank check. Whatever we ask, because we watchfully obey his orders and observe his suggestions and injunctions, follow his plans for us, and habitually practice what is pleasing to you. And this is his order, his command, his injunction, that we should believe in, put our faith in and trust in, adherence and rely on the name of his son, and that we should love one another just as he has commanded us. Right, so love one another, believe in the son. Okay, you need to put your trust in him and what he did. His blood. What happens? You're in the light. If, you put your, if you're in the light, the blood washes you, cleanses you. Cleanses your conscience. Now your conscience is clean. Oh, it can get even cleaner. Now your conscience is filled with light. Oh, it can get even filled with more light. Now you're in fellowship with him. True unbroken fellowship with him. First John 1. Romans chapter 6. True unbroken fellowship. If we dwell in the light, it's in the light of uh, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin, and we have true unbroken fellowship with him. All right? Unbroken fellowship. The, the break in fellowship can only happen in your mind, not in God's mind. And it only happens because you accuse yourself according to the law. And you disqualify yourself to answers of prayer. Do you want answers to prayer? I also do. Okay, so stop accusing yourself. Stop pointing a finger. Stop remembering the past. Stop dwelling in the past. Stop shaming and guilting yourself. You are not guilty. You are cleansed. You dwell in the light. You are holy. You are blameless. You are spotless. <sighs> Just rest in that. And now ask. Whatever, and it shall be done for you. It is granted. Okay, Mark 11, believe that what, what you ask is granted to you and you shall have it. So there you go. And uh, 1 John chapter 3, whatever, if your conscience doesn't accuse you, whatever you ask, you will have. All right, so I think that's a good word. That's a good word for a Thursday. So uh, there's no condemnation for you. Ask and receive whatever you need, whatever you want. And um, let your heart be completely yielded and surrendered to the Spirit of God. All right? So there is no condemnation for you. Condemnation is not your friend. Condemnation is satanic. It's against God. Uh, Satan's name is the accuser. That's what Satan means. Don't accuse yourself. Don't let people accuse you. But receive. Be blameless before God. Receive the blood of Jesus. Dwell in the light. Okay. One last thought. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul says, it matters very little to me whether I be put on trial by you or any other human tribunal on this matter. He says, I am not aware of anything I have done wrong. And I feel blameless. Why does Paul feel blameless? He persecuted the church. He killed Christians. He put them in jail. He breathed murderous accusations against him. He calls himself the least of, of all the saints, chief of all sinners. So why does he say, why is he so bold in 1 Corinthians 4? Because of the blood of Jesus. He says, I'm not aware of anything I've ever done wrong and I feel blameless. And it's not on this account alone that, that I'm vindicated before God because God himself judges me. You can read it, 1 Corinthians 4. 
So if God judges you, David also said it, man, if, if I have to choose between falling in the hands of man and falling in the hands of God, I'd rather fall in the hands of God because I know he's merciful. <laughs> so just receive the mercy of God. It is there for you. His mercy and his loving kindness endures forever. Stop holding yourself accountable for everything you've done wrong. Stop it. Jesus was accountable for everything you've done wrong. Receive the grace. Receive his mercy. Receive the forgiveness. And ask and receive. God wants to reward you for what he has done for you. Okay. Be blessed. Have an awesome day. Um, may you just walk in power and glory. And I'll see you again. What? When? I'll see you again tomorrow at 9. Be blessed. Amen.